This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, there he is trying to flex some muscles. How you doing, my brother? You doing good? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, back from a couple days up north and uh, happy to be back in the warmth. So. Um, and, and you're happy seasons. not to have to wake up at three in the morning to do the damn show. That too. I, I love doing the show. It was a blast. Uh, but sure it, it does take some getting used to waking up that early. Uh, the good when news I used is to do that, when I used done. to do that shift, I had to get a nap in the afternoon. Yeah. Or if not, I was used you're to exhausted. Right. And so there's, yeah. there's two things there. you have to get used to getting up, but you're also done at 10 o'clock, which feels very weird. But at the same yeah. time, like you said, I got tired super early in the day. So I didn't get to take advantage of like, oh, let's do stuff in the night. Or I fell asleep like halfway through seven o'clock games because, you know, you're just tired. So it's a balance. I'm sure if I did it full time, you get used to it. But going from my schedule when I probably wake up regularly, like seven, seven thirty, go to sleep like 10, 30, 11 to pushing that up three hours each way. Uh, that's that's definitely different. I did it for a while, and I always had to get a little nap in between the day, or if not, I wouldn't be able to last the whole day into the night. I, I just, and I'm the guy that wants to watch the games. Yep. So you know, because a lot of people that do those morning shows, they normally go to sleep really early. Actually, yeah. they don't really watch the games. They yeah. just kind of wake up in the morning, watch the highlights, read the read the about it, and all that, and then they kind of formulate their opinion from that. But they didn't really watch the games. I'm the nutbag that really wants to watch the games. Right. And, and that that would hurt me too. Like I would want to watch the Sunday night game. I would want to watch the Monday night game. Those games aren't ending until 11, 30, 12. You got to right. be up in three, three, three and a half hours. So right. that's, uh, and doing what I do, I got to watch, you know, I watch the Panthers game and I watch the Dolphins game. I watch yeah. the Marlins game. I watch the heat game. I, I watch the inter Miami game. You know what I mean? Yep. So I got to, I got to watch the game. So yeah, it's a, it's a brutal, brutal time. When I started doing this, I was like, yeah, I'm not going early. Uh, you know, 10 is good. It's right in the middle of the day. It allows me to sleep in still to a decent time. And then, you know, I'm done early too, but I, I still have time to, and I still have energy for the rest of the day, you know? Yes. All right. Let's, uh, you know, we've gotten to a point now. Uh, we used to make fun of Oliver Stone. And I don't know who you know. I don't know if you know who that is, so. A film director, really famous one. Yeah. And he's uh and he, you know, he's made some movies in the past and and he was always kind of the conspiracy theory guy. Okay. And we used to make fun of Oliver Stone. In fact, we would call people Oliver Stone back in the day. And that was a reference, like, come on, dude, it's a conspiracy, it's not a conspiracy theory. So I know that in today's world, everything is a conspiracy theory. If you don't mm -hmm. believe it, it's a conspiracy theory. Okay. And so I'm sorry about the Lamar Jackson thing. This isn't a conspiracy theory. Yeah. If people don't sign him, it's because he's a running quarterback that's been injured the last two years. He wants a fully guaranteed contract with two first round picks that you got to pay. That's a lot of compensation for anybody out there. So it's very understandable that most will not want to do this. But there is nothing to do with conspiracy theory and they're all getting together to not sign them. Bullshit. 
This is a league that will sign a triple murderer if they can help you win a championship. And it, you saw what happened with Deshaun Watson. They signed him, and he had a, a, a crap ton of baggage in Cleveland. The problem is stupid teams do stupid things when they're desperate. And the, 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 the Browns were desperate, just like the Raiders were dumb in giving John Gruden a ridiculous contract that then ruined the market for coaches and everybody else in the league, because here comes Matt Rule getting the same contract type of treatment when he didn't deserve it. He didn't even win a Super Bowl in this league. At least John Gruden won a Super Bowl. At least he had success with the Raiders and all that. So there was some track record to why you would want to give him that. To me, in this league, bro, they would sign anybody and everybody that they can if they will help you win. If they're not signing Lamar, it's because there are the legitimate concerns that I just talked about. So where are you going? Legitimate concerns or are you going conspiracy theory too? Uh, I'm not going conspiracy theory, but I will say um, it is notable that a lot of people are out as quickly as they are. Because you look at quarterbacks who've gotten contracts. Daniel Jones just got $40 million from the Giants. Derek yeah. Carr just got $37.5 million. No compensation. From, no compensation. Um, no compensation. So those, those deals are two-year guarantees versus four-year guarantees. Correct. But at the same time, we don't know. Like We've heard some reports, but we don't know for a fact what number Lamar is his breakaway point. Everybody's saying, oh, the Sean contract. We don't know that for sure. And do teams know that for sure? To me, a conversation. So so what you're saying is that because Josina Anderson was completely off on the Dolphins report, she's also off on the fact that Deshaun Watson says he wants no less than what Deshaun Watson got. I'm not saying I don't like to conflict people's report. I just report what I report. And so I could tell you that the Dolphins are are keeping two of back in 2023. And I've reported that for months now that Tua will be the Dolphins quarterback in 2023. I would be absolutely shocked. Shocked. Um, you know, I never say never, but I would be shocked. And so people put out their reports and I see them and they talk to people maybe different than I do. And hey. More power to you, but I knew that to be something that I felt comfortable with, with our reporting with. So the same thing with Lamar, if I'm a team, I could see that report, but at the same time, I want to talk to Lamar. Maybe his number is different from the, I've seen it before where your number is different for one team than it is for another. Maybe, maybe it is right. Maybe he asked for a Deshaun contract there. He does the market search and realizes he might not get it. And he says, okay, well, I'll take 150 million guaranteed or whatever i'm just putting a number in the air Uh, i remember aj brown aj brown did a podcast uh with the memphis uh uh podcast company called raw raw room former nfl linebacker darren bates and he was talking about the tennessee titans negotiations and how they went and how they didn't go they went poorly he said initially he and his team asked for the world like you like you do in a lot of negotiations he said they were asking for over 25 million dollars a year the Titans, this is his words, not my words. He said the Titans came back with about 15, 16 million and neither side moved. And so that was that. They eventually traded him and then Philly ended up signing him for, I think, about 22. Um, and so ultimately, AJ came out later and said, I would have taken 22 from the Titans, but they never got there because the Titans were hardlining their number. 
and AJ was hardlining his number. And so nobody ever, ever moved. And so to me, there always seemed to be, and like I said, I've never, I've not talked to Lamar. I've talked to people around the situation, but it always seemed to me that even if he asked for, Hey, I wanted to show contract and the Ravens said, Hey, no, we're only willing to give you 120 million guarantee. There is somewhere in the middle where it's a little less than fully guaranteed, but not quite, not quite 120 that you can find that medium. And to me, there just seemed to be a disconnect between Lamar and the Ravens that we never got that. And so if I'm a team and I and I, I really like the idea of Lamar, what hurts me having a conversation and figuring out what is that true number? That's the part that bothers me. Yeah, but, but no, no, you're you're you keep missing, you keep leaving out two first round picks. Correct, but, but that but, kind of but that but kind there of was, comes there were four or five teams. Daniel there were four Jones, five teams the Daniel Jones situation. Up. Oh, we, oh, we got to stop. We got to stop with the comparisons on the Daniel Jones situation. Okay, okay. The so Giants, I'll give you the Hold on, hold on a second. Can the Giants. Can I, can I finish? Can I finish? Huh? Okay, go ahead. Um, four or five teams were willing to give Deshaun Watson three. They're willing to give Cleveland or Houston three or four first round picks and give Deshaun a big deal to get a guy who had 20-plus sexual uh, harassment slash assault cases against him at that point, who hadn't right. won an MVP like Lamar did, um, who we saw him on the field this year, looked pretty bad. And you saw teams lining up, lining up to be willing to do that. And so to me, the fact that everybody's immediately saying, without even thinking, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, that – that to me doesn't line up given what we just saw last offseason. That part is what bothers me. I don't like I said, I'm not like saying there's a whole conspiracy and 32 owners are getting together and say we're not giving Lamar anything. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. If they pulled that off, then hey, props to them. I did not see it coming. But I do think it is odd to me that everybody is so completely out. Maybe there's something I'm missing there. But everybody is so yeah, completely yeah, out. I I, th I think there's a lot of you missing uh, the fact that. Okay, it's not just he's not just a he's not really a regular quarterback. You have to now change your entire offense for him because yep. you are now That's running true. a running offense now. And then he takes punishment. That's not what Deshaun Watson does. That's not what other quarterbacks do. He has to run in order to be effective. He's been out 10 games the last two years. He doesn't really actually have success in the playoffs. Maybe they were even willing to go with the alleged rapist because they actually look at him like a real quarterback, a passer. So they'll take the chance instead of the guy that doesn't have a long shelf life because nobody has a long shelf life in the history of the NFL playing in that style. Cam Newton is bigger, stronger than this guy, and he couldn't finish out his career playing his style. Why? Because he wasn't a great passer, right. and that's what hurt Cam. And I think this is the part that I somehow see, some others do, but a lot of people keep missing out with Lamar Jackson that they are wowed by his legs, but they don't see that his arm might be wickedly strong, but it's not accurate. It's not the, the, the part I laugh is, oh, he's going to come to Miami and McDaniels all of a sudden going to change his offense yeah. because Lamar can't run McDaniels offense. But now McDaniels going to oh, change yeah. his offense to a running offense.
You know what I mean? And and Greg Roman left and went to another place. Did he get tired of running a running quarterback offense? There's a lot more to adding Lamar than just the money and the picks. You have to change your entire offense to suit his skills. And that's going to then have a trickle-down effect. And that's what I think a lot of teams are looking at. We got to give him a fully guaranteed contract. We got to give two first rounders and we now have to change our offense completely to cater his style. And I think that that's the part that people are missing. I think there are people in the NFL looking at it like I am, like he's really not a great passer. He doesn't have success in the playoffs. They, they, they're a running team. They're a defensive team. They give him the foundation, but then when they need the quarterback, He's not there. He has to be running. He has to have a lead. He has to be a front runner. That's kind of what his game is. That's what, you know, once he falls behind, that offense is not built to come back. And why? Because he's not a pure passer. And to me, there's more to this story than just the compensation. There certainly is more to the story. And I think the the main thing that's more to the story is just the relationship between the Ravens and Lamar. It's got toxic at times and a lot of it has been um a lack of communication you can put that on lamar if you want maybe it's on him not having an agent that's been brought up um maybe it's on the ravens not not you know speaking to him the way he wants to be spoke to um the injury thing at the end of the season and the rehab and whether he was healthy enough to play and not healthy enough to play those are all elements here but I think the assumption that Lamar is 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 the guy that we've seen and can only be the guy that we've seen is a little dangerous because I think I told you this before. He played in a pro-style offense in Louisville, and they've always built this offense in this stretch um, with Greg Roman. But who's to say if you had him in a more pro-style offense, he can't adjust and be a little bit more of a passer there. We've seen him when forced. I've seen games where he ran one one or two times and killed it as a passer in the pocket threw for over 300 yards, four touchdowns, and just destroyed him. And so he's shown he can do that. The question for him is, can he consistently do it? And so that's why I push back on your thought. He's not accurate. He's not a passer. He's shown us he can be all of those things in spurts. The question is, if he was that's any what offense, athletes do, bro. That's what right, athletes but, do. But, but here's what I'm saying. If you had the skill set that he has, um, and Michael Vick had the same issue, Nobody is a playmaker in the open field with his legs from that position like Lamar. Like oh, never. Uh, that, that and, never and so the balance is, do you want to take away what makes him unique to make him what every other quarterback is? And so because of that, because he does things that other quarterbacks don't have, the assumption is he can't do any of the other things. I don't think that's true. I think that even if you took away Lamar's legs, I think that he could still be a starting caliber quarterback as a pocket passer. But he's not an elite quarter. If that was the case, he would have come back from the injury. The problem was he was too injured to play his game, and that's why he didn't come back. I don't believe Lamar held out because of the contract. I don't believe that at all. I think the kid couldn't play his game. He needs the knee. He has to be. See, um, what's it called? Uh, um, um, Pat Mahomes had the injured Mm -hmm. leg, but he can stay in the pocket and beat you. Brett Favre years ago played with a, a, a mangled leg, but he can play because he's a pocket passer. Russell Wilson about five years ago, six years ago, started started the season, his first like six weeks, he had a high ankle sprain, 
uh, a knee sprain, and he had like another, maybe it might have been a calf or something. Plus, by the way, his line was shitty. He didn't have a really consistent running game, and he started out the first six weeks playing. And why? Because he can stay in the pocket and beat you. He doesn't have to run. Lamar Jackson is a guy that cannot make a living from the pocket. I just cannot. I completely cannot. I disagree. Never done it. I never done it because he hasn't had to. He hasn't had to. That's like if, that, if you're if that, you're that's, if, that's, if that's you're, why he doesn't have success in the postseason. So, so here's what, like I said, I will relate it to our day day to day life, right? I was a writer before I became a TV person, right? And now I do TV pretty much all the time. Um, if I do TV for the next ten years and don't write another story, and you could say, "Oh, Cam can't write," we don't see him do it. He can't write. He can't write. We don't see him do it. And I'm that is just because I don't do it because I've I've evolved into something else and I do that and that's what I do best. That doesn't mean I can't do this other element. And so the fact that Lamar does not show us as much pocket passing as a Patrick Mahomes, as of these other quarterbacks, does not mean that he cannot do it if forced in that situation. I disagree with that. And that's tried what my whole element is. If By the way, he tried this year. That's what He's he was trying to do. And, and that's why they ended up with a lot of field goals. He got drafted he as a first-round pick in a pro-style offense in Bobby Petrino's offense in college. He played three no. years in a pro-style offense before he got to the league. It's a running offense. No, he was running, he was running like your legs, he was running they were like not crazy. designing. They were not consistently designing run plays for him in college. He was a passer. And so that's why I think people just forget that because he has not done it like this offense, you are correct. They, it is a very much run-first offense. But at the same time, they've allocated the fewest resources at the receiver position as far as money in the last four years. They don't give him. They don't give him weapons. His running backs, which is not their fault, his running backs seem to get hurt every single. Well, that year. was the last the last and, couple of years. But and, and, so, years and so, and so you're had, in a position where you have running and he's, had, and he's had elite tight ends. He had, he's had a, yes, but that's been the only spot. He hasn't had a receiver, a number one receiver his whole career. And so yeah. he has been in a position where he's been forced to carry an offense. And when you force to carry an offense, you do what you do best and what you're most comfortable with. And that is his ability to make plays with his legs. It doesn't mean he can't pass. It's just that so his, you, you don't think they catered it that way because they don't think he can do the no, other stuff. I don't know. Okay. That's my opinion. Like I said, we have a different opinion. Okay, I don't Cam, think they hear so, so Hold on a second. So basically, you're saying, so basically, you're saying the Ravens front office and coaching staff is stupid because they have a passer, but they're stopping him from passing. So they purposely don't get elite receivers to help them become and evolve the offense better. So no, so you're saying say that, no, that they. Purposely think he can't pass. No, but you think he can pass. No, I don't think they're purposely doing that. I just think they struggle drafting receivers. They have drafted receivers time and time again. They drafted Rashad Bateman, who hasn't been this player yet. They drafted Hollywood Brown, you, you who they had to trade away because they're talking, huh? They become available in free agency. They become available in the and trades. You can trade for one. You can sign. You can actually sign one well, in free agency. But I'm telling you, they have never had a number one wide receiver in this offense for Lamar. Never. And so, well, and so, it. what was the argument for Tua? Right. And I'm like, I bring it back to Dolphins because we're on a Dolphins Dolphins uh, podcast. The argument before they got Tyreek and before they got Jalen was Tua needs more around him. He needs a better offensive line. He needs more weapons. Right. These are things that quarterback. 
should have. And the fact that Lamar does not have him, we just like, oh, well, it's because he can't throw. What? We don't say that for any other quarterback. We didn't say Tua couldn't throw. He just needed more, more stuff. No, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Others said he couldn't throw. I never said he couldn't right, throw. And I, I never said and, it either. And by, and by the way, with the shitty weapons, he proved over and over that he was a passer. Has right. always proven that he's a passer. He doesn't have to prove that he's a passer. What we needed was better weapons so he can actually score more, so he can get down. What we said was, oh, well, it's a dink and dunk offense. Well, look what they've got. They've got no line, no running game. So Waddle doesn't have time to get downfield. So he's catching short passes. Gesicki's making a bunch of plays. Go get him weapons. Well, guess what? You got him weapons, and now right. he extended his passing from a short to medium passing to what the best deep passer in the in the NFL. Yeah. Two, you know, two last was year, two so, was great. So passing was not a question mark with Tua ever. It was more about the weapons that he needed in order to expand the offense. Okay, I wasn't the one talking that he couldn't pass. Right. I never said that. And I wasn't either, but that wasn't that I wasn't kept narrative. Saying the talent and the coaching around him was the problem. Right. But and my, sure enough, that's but my the point is that when you change the environment for a quarterback, you allow him to be the fullest version of himself. The Dolphins changed the environment. It's a different environment for Lamar and Tua, but they changed the environment with the coaching staff, with an improvement of offensive line, with bringing in Tyreek, and it allowed Tua to be the fullest version of himself. We've not seen the Ravens change the environment for Lamar. So I don't think it's fair to say what the fullest version of him is because we haven't seen that. The Bills, the first two years under Josh Allen, he was a sub 60% passer. They went and got Stefan Diggs. They changed his environment and he became a consistent MVP candidate. You change your environment for a quarterback, you can consistently see who the fullest version of him is. Now, I am not, like, fully defending Lamar. He has some things he has to be better at. He's got to be better in how he communicates with his team. He's got to be better in staying healthy. These are things that Lamar has to be better at. But my argument is the Ravens have not done the full job of changing the environment of Lamar to allow him to be the fullest. I think the assumption that he cannot be a passer, that he cannot do all these things, is not fully accurate because we have not seen the Ravens put him in an environment where he – could succeed in that in those elements. That's just my and by opinion. the way, by the way, Josh Allen, they gave him the weapons. Numbers have gotten better and all that, but he still hasn't gotten over that hump either. Correct. But way. but but you consider and, Josh no, no, Allen no, 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 one of the a top second. five hold quarterbacks hold in the league, right? And that's because he's also inaccurate. Okay. But and but you do consider Josh Allen one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, right? Yeah, yeah, because of his physical freakish talent, but I don't consider him a top five passer. So, so I guess passer. my question is: is is passer. what is the difference? No, no but wait a minute. I'm, I'm, view not, I'm about not done Josh yet. Allen I'm as not a done yet. I, and Lamar as a let me, let me go back to your former beat. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because your former beat has our former quarterback. Yep. Our former quarterback, which I knew couldn't play and wasn't the guy ever. Well, no, we got to improve everything around them. Well, they gave him everything in Tennessee. And every time you needed him to be a passer, what happened? He needed the pens because he was shitting in his pants because that's who he is. Okay. Because he's not a passer. He's a athletic running quarterback, not to the extent of Lamar. But that's who he is. He's a front runner. He can he can depend on Derrick Henry. He can depend on a lead. 
But when you need him to come from behind and lead a team and pass your way out, Tannehill's not going to do that. Tannehill's going to go on script. Josh Allen, by the way, does a lot of crazy stuff and, you know, and, and does some amazing plays at times because he's an amazing athlete. But there are moments where you need the quarterback to get it done, and he hasn't been getting it done either. And Lamar Jackson is probably a worse passer than than uh, than Josh Allen. And probably the same thing as Ryan, too. Erratic. Again, when you need a passer, he doesn't come through. So I think the same thing would happen with Lamar. You could give him the weapons. Some of the stats will get better because in, in the end, you do have better players around you. But you're still going to have to make the throws on a consistent basis. And that's something that these guys struggle with that are great athletes. They will flash you. And I'm sure while you were at Tennessee at times and the Tennessee fans saw a couple of throws from Brian and you said, oh, wow, he can be the guy. No, he can. It's just that he's an athlete. Athletes will wow us. They will fool us. But they can't do it on a consistent basis because they're not pure passers. And All to right. me, that's what the that, that will be the problem with some of these guys as they try to make this transition. In the end, you got to stay in the pocket and win from the pocket. With the Bills, they depend too much on the run from Josh Allen and crazy plays that he can't necessarily stay there and make a living from the pocket. Lamar has that same problem. He can't make a living from the pocket. So so clearly we have a different view of Lamar, and we've made yeah. a lot of arguments here and there. I, my, my final point on this is your last point about winning in the pocket. I think that this is going to be a new era coming up, and that's going to completely change. And we're already starting to see it. Um, Jalen Hurts showed us that you can almost win a Super Bowl by not being the quote-unquote pocket passer first player. He ran and does run more than any quarterback we've seen con consistently almost be an MVP. And I yeah, think but he's, he's, dropping, new but he's dropping dimes. Huh? He's dropping dimes. He's right, dropping because dimes. he evolved as a passer, and they yes. had an offense and a receiver group with A.J. Brown, with Devontae Smith, with the best offensive line in football. And so you surround him, not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts, because I think he's an amazing player, but you put him in a situation where he can be the best version of himself, but you also don't force him to say, hey, I'll stand in the pocket. That's the only way you can win as a quarterback. Nah, that's crap. That's crap. It's a new era of football. You're going to see more and more quarterbacks. We're seeing them coming out in this draft. Anthony Richardson, if he succeeds, is going to be a quarterback similar to these guys, where he may never be a 70% passer, but he's going to be able to win because of the ability to to, to win with his legs and with his arms. And so I think that you're going to see, a, like I said, a different era of quarterbacks where pocket winning in the pocket is not going to be a prerequisite to winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I still think we're 10, 20 years away from, from that because I still think in the end you're going to have to be accurate from the pocket. And the guys that all win the titles are all the guys that are accurate from the pocket. All of them. I think that's just about to change really soon. Just check, I think that's just change really soon. I mean, you've been right. You've been right up to the last 55 years, so I cannot argue with that. But I think we're seeing right, right. And, and more over and more the quarterbacks get closer and closer. And I think once it happens, that's going to change NFL teams' mindset on what we need our quarterback to do and look like. Or, or it's more a product of what's coming out of college. And so over the next 20 or 30 years, 
less and less pocket passers will be developed and more and more athletic running passers will be developed. And then the involvement will come from those guys will learn to be also accurate from the pocket at the same time. So that way you do end up like Pat Mahomes, like Steve Young. All right. There are guys that we've had through the league that can run but also can stay in the pocket and be deadly accurate from there and kill you. So you've got to find those kind of guys that evolve eventually because defenses are so fast and so quick that runners also run into mistakes. They run into sacks. They they create problems also for themselves too. And they take unnecessary hits. So the guy that can live in the pocket a lot faster and, and make quick decisions one, he's going to last a lot longer. He's going to have a longer career. That's yep. what you want. Yeah. Because the, the running quarterbacks aren't going to have a long career, Cam. That's the problem. So. I think you continue to evolve as an offense. I think Philly's done a great time job with Nick Sirianni of minimizing the amount of hits that Jalen Hurts takes, although he runs a, a lot. But they he does not – you don't see him getting consistently hurt. He got the one shoulder injury. That's the only injury he's had in his first three years in the league. Um, but at the same time, I think you're seeing that it's the opposite of what it used to be. I think it's very hard for me as an NFL GM to take a quarterback who is a statue in the pocket and cannot move in the top 10. Because I think you need players who can win outside of scheme, who can win when the play breaks down, to move outside of the pocket. Your old cliche pocket passers who run everything out of the pocket, I think that player is going to become more and more extinct, and you're going to need to be a hybrid. That doesn't mean you, you're you not going to have to be accurate from the pocket. I think that element's right. But I think the element of the mobility is going to be more of a prerequisite than, hey, can he stand in the pocket and throw it 50 times without moving outside of the tackle box? I don't think yeah, that'll I, be I like the mobility of, of a Rodgers without the dark room and a Mahomes um uh the you know that kind of mobility and that kind of a passer where it's not necessarily i need my legs to be successful i need my legs to make that next pass or i'll take a couple of yards off of you because you're giving me the open field to me that's the guy that i would love to find more is the guy that can run when he has to run or help to create but not the guy that he needs to run in order to be who he is that's right. that's what That's absolutely the goal. But like my whole point with Lamar, and like I said, he has his flaws. I am not saying that he does not have his flaws. He may not be the quintessential quarterback to be a running quarterback and win a Super Bowl. He may never do that. But the quarterbacks we have mentioned that are of that skill set, a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, the difference between them and what the Ravens have done with Lamar, they have surrounded those guys with the right skill set and the players around them to allow them to make the choices of, hey, I can throw the ball downfield to Stephon Diggs. I can throw the ball to AJ and, and Devontae Smith and consistently do that. Whereas if Lamar is usually back there and he has to make a play, it's Devin DuVernay. Is Devin DuVernay open? Is is uh, who? I don't even know. I don't know any Ravens receivers. What, what, what happened? At, bro, DuVernay, the first eight games was a monster. Yes. Remember? Like this right. year, the first yeah. eight games, he was like the MVP of the team, actually. He was. 
He was, but when you have number three receivers trying to be number one receiver at some point, wow. the clock runs out. And so, well, they figured him out, bro, because yeah. he was awesome, right? I think, didn't he like? I think he like made X look bad on on that in that game, and he did. One of the Devin Duvernay was awesome. I actually uh, talked to him on the phone before one of our games because he was their top receiver and he had been balling, and we had talked about it. And really, after that game, he had kind of fell off. And so that that's the element that I I I want so to it was see. You. So it was you. After he talked to you, his yeah. his, his I was talking. I'm not gonna lie. I was talking up how he was playing, and and he was talking about how he's trying to be a number one. And you jinxed him. He, he was never a number one again the rest of the season. You jinxed him, Jesus, Cam. Damn. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf. If you want him to jinx you, he'll do that. <laughs> so just you know, reach out to him. Catch him there at the NFL Network. Wearing some crazy-ass shades. Cam, as always, thank you, my brother. Appreciate you. We'll catch up later in the week. Sounds good. You got it. There you go. Cameron Wolf, baby. Good morning, football. It's an interesting one. We have unleashed the Wolf Pack. This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, there he goes. All right, Cam. So what the hell is going on, bro? How about, uh, wait, he's not there? There we go. He's back? There okay. All right, Cam, what the hell is going on? How much are you asking the Dolphins for? Because they're restructuring <laughs> a lot of goddamn money for you, bro. Hey, man, I, I, what, what I, I would love I would love a piece of those restructured contracts. You're busting bro. our cap here, bro. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I want the team to win, and they're trying to sign you? Hey. What the hell is going on here? Hey, I got a big price, you know? Got a Obviously. Big price. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just read it from Jason, you know, Jason at Over the Cap, and it's – Damn, dude, $49 million they've opened up uh, between all those guys. That's a lot of money. So um, are you getting the feeling that, yeah, of course, they'll sign their guys, Wilkins and Sealand and that kind of stuff, but you get the feeling they're going to make a little splash in free agency, right? Not not the kind of splash last year, but I think one to two names, not talking about just decent role play. I'm talking about like a Bobby Wagner, like a like a Poyer, you know, a couple of those one to two of those guys. What do you think? Yeah, so fans obviously fall in love with the names, right? To me, I, I think the big thing is I think they are going to be players as far as the player market. Like not as not necessarily rotational players, key starters. Now the question you ask is what position, right? And so I think they'll spend a lot of their allocation on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to get a backup quarterback. They're going to get a running back, but maybe not spend big money there. Defense side of the ball is the position that you need to turn over. They ran it back last year. That's not going to be the case this year. And so you look at inside linebacker, look at cornerback. They released Byron Jones and need another guy in that position. And then maybe safety. Those are the three spots I will watch. And I think you'll probably get at least one of those guys that make you go, okay, let's go at those spots. And so I don't, I don't have any names yet to tie to these guys and say, Hey, Bobby, Wagner, well, I'm not asking you for guy. names. But, I'm just um, asking, do you think yes, there'll be a player one or two of those? Yeah, kind I, of cats I do think, I do think, I think you'll see more volume than huge splash, but I do think you'll see at least one of those, one or two of those names that make you your eyes open on the ticker. Uh, Byron Jones. Did he just retire on us uh, on Instagram? Uh, I didn't see anything. Did he post something in the last 30 minutes? Uh, pull, pull up, pull up my tweet. 
Just, just go to my Twitter page and pull it up. Uh, I, I just, uh, oh no, actually I did. No, I did not. I did not. I, I, I'm sorry. I actually sent the picture to his agent. I was, I was asking his agent. I'm sorry. Cause I, okay. I know his agent. So. Uh, so my bad, uh, Sean, do you want me to email it to you? I can email it to you. All right. I'm going to email it to you. So he tweet, he, he, um, he tweeted out, uh, or Instagrammed out a picture of him being hugged by a teammate and he put the end. Interesting. Check your phone. Go to no, no, Instagram. I saw, and go to Byron. I saw that one. I saw that yeah, tweet yeah. or the IG post. Yeah. So, 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 did he, so the thing there, you can interpret it two ways, right? You can interpret it. The end with the Dolphins or the, the end, end with the Dolphins or the end with his career, right? Because he's obviously got a Dolphins player there. That's the last team he's playing. We know he's going to be released. Is he saying his official goodbye to the team or is he saying goodbye to his career? That's what's not clear to me. Um, at this point, you know, I know there were some reports once it came out that Jones was going to be wrote that Jones put those tweets out that he wasn't retiring. But I haven't heard anything definitive. Um, if you can't walk or run, that makes you seem like you can't play. But the question is, is he going to continue to try or is this it? I mean, he's got enough money if he wanted to call this a career. But I don't know if I heard anything official that this is the end. end. OK, Um you know how Dolphin fans are, so I got to freaking ask you this. I apologize yep. ahead of time. Yep. Okay, Braxton Berrios. You uh -huh. know they want to sign everybody that becomes available, yep. but but I'll, I'll give the Dolphin fans a little love on this one. They do need a returner. Since yes. the great Jakeem Grant, mm -hmm. as you know, I, I lead the Jakeem Grant fan club, as yes. you know that. Yes. Uh, I miss Jakeem Grant. I wish they would have never I wish Flo would not have traded him. But anyway, um, they do need a returner. I don't think he's that much of a receiver at this level. But mm -hmm. then again, he's your last receiver if you have him on the team. But he's a pretty good returner. Is that something? And again, that's kind of a role player, not a big time splash player. So your thoughts on Braxton Barrios to Miami? Yeah, so ideally in the team building process, I'd say you'd rather have a returner who can do a little bit more for you rather than just be a true returner. That's why you see a lot of teams who have a returner who's your your third or fourth receiver or that's your third or fourth cornerback or safety of something of that sort. Uh, because if you're paying a guy like Braxton, you're probably allocating a few million dollars. And so you want to have dual purpose. But at the same time, we saw at times last year just kind of how that return experience went and it did not go great for the Dolphins and they clearly did not want to use Tyreek or Jalen in those roles because of their usage on offense and how valuable they are and so you've got to ask yourself there has to be a a somebody that's their returner and so I don't know what the price value is for him if it's a you know a minimum or close to a minimum maybe a little bit more then maybe it, it makes sense but if it's something where it costs three four five million dollars I don't know um, how far they go in that bucket. I do do know they were interested in him last offseason and they 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 tried to go get him. The number got too high and they moved on. And so I'd imagine it's probably the same thing. They have an evaluation for him, how much they want to allocate for him. If he gets more than it, we'll keep moving. If we can get him for that number, then bring him home. Where does uh, Aaron Rodgers end up, doggy? Jets, Jets. I think he becomes a Jet. Um, it's funny, I actually spent time in GMFB 
uh, last or this week, earlier this week, these weeks blow by. And Aaron Jones was on set with us. And um, you could almost feel him like cringing every time we talked about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets because he wants his buddy Rodgers to stay. Um, but it seems like, you know, you go down this road when you let a player talk to teams and he still has a team flying out to him, their owner, their head coach, their OC. They're making an all in pitch. They're all in on trying to get Aaron Rodgers. And at this point, it's really up to Rodgers. He's the only person who can make this not work. It seems like the teams have an understanding of what it would cost. The Jets want him. And so it's just all it's going to take is Aaron Rodgers saying, yes, I want to go to the Jets. And I think it'll be done. And so we got to wait on Rodgers like we've been doing much of the offseason. But I think that'll be the last decision. I just don't I just think Green Bay is ready to move forward with Jordan Love as their quarterback. And if Rodgers is taking these meetings, doing all these different things, it seems to me that he wants to keep playing. And so that that's a direct line to me on the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. And then we could have the great debate that seemed to happen on Twitter of who's the second best quarterback in the AFC East. <laughs> yeah, 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 we could. Although although I think the guy that plays here had a better year than him last year. He did. He did. You can't argue that. You can you can you can argue about you know, the, the long-term career, obviously, he's got – Aaron Rodgers got more skins on the wall, more – Obviously, yeah. But last year, last year, if you look at the stat lines, it seemed pretty clear it was – it was Tua had a better year. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, it would make that AFC East a lot more fun. It would make it, you know, really tighter. You know, it was pretty clear Bills were number one. The Dolphins, when healthy, were number two. And then it was – the, the Jets and Patriots three and four, the Jets would try to close that gap between the, the Bills and the Dolphins, obviously getting a guy like Aaron Rodgers to go with that defense. All right, let me set you up for failure. You like that? <laughs> All right, ready? Yes, let's do it. Who will succeed and who will fail or will both succeed or will both fail? Jordan Love and Trey Lance. Yeah, baby. Okay, so I will. I'm not going to give you a on the fence answer here. I'm going to give you. No, a, I don't a, want no fence. I want you to fail. So, so Jordan Love somewhere. So Jordan Love will secede. Trey Lance will fail. Woo! Woo! I give you. I, I, hey, I gave you straight. That's what I feel. I love it. I love it. But why? So, and so here's a situation I'd see. Um, Jordan Love has been watching Aaron Rodgers for the last three years. Everything I hear about him is he's not Rodgers but he's improved dramatically. And the way I've seen glimpses of Jordan Love has been better than anything I've seen from Trey Lance in his short time. Now, Trey Lance is, is younger and he hasn't had as much reps, but it seems to me that every time the 49ers have an opportunity to talk about Trey Lance, it's, it's very subdued. It's like, well, we just need to see more. We don't know. We don't. And when I hear the Packers, they are so adamant that Jordan Love is ready. He's going to be our guy. And I think there's something about that. I do think the 49ers will have some sort of competition between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance and camp and Brock Purdy's coming off the elbow injury. If Trey Lance can't win that battle, that's going to say a lot about where he is as a quarterback. And I, I just, I just think that Jordan love, you put him around the right pieces. You get that running game intact with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. You're going to see him succeed in that Matt LaFleur offense. I've seen some tape of him in preseason. I've seen some tape with him in Philly. I think that he, I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but I think that he's going to be the quarterback that has the best chance to be the long-term starter with their team um, compared to Trey Lance. Okay. All right. Does Lamar Jackson get his contract? 
No, I think that uh, Lamar Jackson returns to the Baltimore Ravens. He does not get a contract um, with another team. I think eventually he's going to he's going to make this shopping and talking and do whatever he does. And I think that eventually he realizes whatever his value is, whatever the Ravens is, they come to some agreement and some point in the next two or three months. You hear Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens have an extension. They kiss and make up and they act like they like each other the whole time. Which wasn't the did, case. <laughs> did you did you did you hear Emmanuel Acho? He he made a great point that it, what's what's tougher also in Lamar is that everybody knows you're not getting Lamar. So teams are going to go. Why the hell am I going to even negotiate with the guy? Why am I going to do the Ravens work right. for them? At no point the Ravens have said, "Oh no, uh, we're trading him. We're moving on from." No, nope. they they've always said they wanted him. So. That's also probably why a lot of teams have said, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Why? Because why am I going to waste my time talking to you? I'm not going to end up with you. And he was right about, you know, with Watson, you knew you were getting him. Yes. If you won the bidding war, you knew you were going to get him. Here, you can't win the bidding war because the Ravens will match it. And this isn't one of those poison pill type of things. You can't do that in the NFL. So it's just it really... Acho is right. It's ridiculous for any team to even negotiate with Lamar because you have no shot at signing him. Right. Right. Um, so that's a part of it, obviously. The other element that people aren't talking about is you essentially tie up your cap space if you do make an offer sheet for five days. The way the NFL offer sheets work, you that's put a up point. a contract, you have to have that cap space and the ability to sign that contract for five days. And so that takes you pretty much all the way out of free agency. And so if the Ravens, being the petty team that I imagine they are, are probably going to know within 10 minutes if they're going to match the contract. But they will milk that five days because right. you had the nerve to sign their quarterback to an offer sheet. Why not? And so you get screwed in the own elk, like you said, along with the fact that you you probably don't feel like you're going to get them. And at the same time, it, I, I said this on GMFB. It feels like the Ravens and Lamar have badly needed couples therapy because – you know, he has a perception of his value and they have a perception of his value and they're talking, they're talking, they want to talk to him more. They say he's not communicating. He had issues with how they talk to him in certain elements, the injury front, you hear receivers talking on social media to the GM, all kinds of ways. There's a lot of drama there. And so this period gives him a chance to have other teams mediate their issues essentially and say, Hey, right. this is what we think you're worth. He comes back to the Ravens. This is what they think we were. If the Ravens say, yeah, I agree, or no, I do not agree, and you're either continue your marriage or your divorce. It's very simple. After two years of just bickering and you know giving people the cold shoulder, not giving people the cold shoulder, we're going to get a resolution. And so I think everybody is going to be excited that the end of this you know dispute is coming to an end. All right. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf. Catch his work there at the NFL Network. Cam, as always, appreciate your time, my man. We'll catch up next week. Have a fantastic weekend and a, a great broadcast there at 1 o'clock on the NFL Network. You'll be live on the yes, NFL sir. Network 1, right? Yes, sir. Are, are you still on at 1? I was about to say I'm going to invite the viewers to come on and watch, but I don't want to take them away from your program. No, we, no, no, we get off right at 1. We're, we're going to be going off. Turn on NFL but, Network. But and, and it's all on demand anyways, bro. Yeah. You know yeah, turn, I mean? on, turn on NFL Network, 1 o'clock, and 
talk some That's ball. Right. I'm on all shows, so I'm talking like four or five different teams, including the Dolphins. So there you go. Um, Support our guy Cam there at NFL Network at one o'clock. Cam, as always, thank you, my brother. Appreciate sounds you. Sounds good. All right, man. Got it. There you go. Appreciate it. I it's 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 funny, and of course that is we have unleashed the Wolf Pack in our KSDT CPA. Hey, we're in tax season coming up here. Business taxes, personal taxes. We got offices in in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Going to open one up in North Carolina uh, coming up. Call the great people at KSDT CPAs. They will take care of you. They are amazing. They can help your business grow from payroll, all kinds of accounting issues, uh, healthcare, you name it. Uh, you, you, they can help you in 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 every which way possible that you can think of for selling your business. If you're trying to plan ahead and trying to, you know, kind of forecast what's going to go on, they can help you in so many ways so your business can grow to its maximum potential. Reach out to the great people at KSDT CPAs. They know how to get it done.